Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Texas News Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be joined by a very special guest, Nate Smith, Executive Director of the Texas Nationalist Movement. He's going to be talking to us about the announcement uh, of TexitCon. Yes, a Texas independence-focused convention slash conference uh, in Waco coming up in November. Uh, we're going to have an interview with him, and of course, we're going to start off with uh, a good bit of news. I mean, it, this is called Texas News, and there is a good bit of it. So uh, stay tuned as we uh, get ready to talk about what you can do about what's happening right here in Texas. Wow, what uh, what a what a stellar week for news! Look, if if we were gauging uh, our the the positivity of our days by the amount of news, then people would say, "Hey, things are overwhelmingly positive." Except for one thing, the news is not overwhelmingly positive. Uh, not only uh, do we have issues going on yet again with the border, uh, we've got uh, election issues, we've got impeachment news. Uh, I mean, that's the that's kind of the rough stuff. But here's the good news is the TNM and, and Texit are making more strides than we ever have. I mean, just amazing things going on. But look, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let's let's kick off. And, and you know, I don't know uh, exactly why people are not more outraged, but news is broken. Right, that the judge, a federal judge, is getting ready to uh, hear the arguments and, and potentially rule pretty quickly on Governor Greg Abbott's uh, border barrier. Notice I said that with a little bit of a question at the tail end. Uh, for those of you who do not remember or who haven't been paying attention to this particular news, uh, in yet again another effort on the part of Texas to make an attempt to secure the border, uh, Greg Abbott deployed what is essentially a floating buoy barrier in the Rio Grande to stop a, uh, crossings at a specific section of the Rio Grande. Of course, this act was met with uh, a lot of consternation and disdain from the anti-border, uh, uh, I don't know what you would call them. I'd call them the anti-border lobby uh, because they, they despise having borders. You know, they're globalists. Globalists despise the concept of nation states, and therefore they despise borders because borders denote sovereign territory. But I digress. But yet again, Greg Abbott makes an attempt. He, he deploys this floating border barrier, and uh, lo and behold, what are the headlines? What do the globalist propagandists have to say about it? Oh, my God, it's a humanitarian disaster. Well, it's a humanitarian disaster for them because it's actually working. It's actually stopping people where it has been deployed. And then lo and behold, we get flushed out, uh, you know, like a covey of quail, we get flushed out the real culprits. Who screams the loudest when something works like that? Well, the people that have the most to gain by that thing not being there, by removing that impediment. So right out of the gate, Mexico lodges a complaint and files a lawsuit against the state of Texas saying, well, it's a violation of the water treaty. Um, that water treaty that we've had with Mexico uh, has been violated by Mexico more years out of its uh, effective time than they've been in compliance, right? So Mexico's complaining. 
but it's the Mexican government. So now the days of the Mexican federal government saying, oh, no, we, we, don't, you know, we don't like this illegal border crossing thing either, now that's all proven to be a lie. Mexico has come out uh, in favor of the removal of the border buoys, uh, and as such, come out as a staunch advocate for illegal immigration and, frankly, come out on the side of the cartels, right? So they are aiding and abetting and are complicit in the human and sex trafficking and the drug trade and the fentanyl crisis and everything else. Mexico just picked a side. Now, oddly enough, the federal government has already been on that side, right, by what they've been doing on the, on the border, but now they are suing the state of Texas. And so here is Texas caught in the middle, Mexico on one side, the U.S. federal government on the other side, and now it's time to see where the rubber meets the road, right? We're, we're going to see as this, uh, this particular case plays out, we're going to see, and I think the entire world will see, why Texas must happen. Right, As long as the federal government has anything to do with our borders, they will never be secure. Because any measure that is proven effective will get, will get uh, challenged in court by the federal government and be decided by a federal judge. And Texas will, in the end, come out on the losing side, and that border will be as porous as ever. So there is no solution to the border crisis this side of Texas independence. It's just not going to happen. And so while we could look at this challenge as bad news, I kind of look at it as good news because it's going to rip the veil and let everyone see once and for all that the federal government will not, cannot secure the border for Texas. They are complicit in this crisis. They are facilitating it, and they are using our taxpayer money to do it. So I'm for it. Let, let, let's just bring this thing into court, and let's just watch it all unfold. Because that puts us one day closer to Texas independence. And, and I'm happy about that. Now, of course, you know, we've got all kinds of news, right? I mean, uh, we've got this, this issue with uh, Harris County. Now, uh, Again, we haven't talked about it on the podcast, but just a, a little brief catch-up. You know, one of the most problematic areas for election integrity uh, in the last election cycle was Harris County. For those of you not in Texas, Harris County is Houston, for the most part. I mean, Houston takes up most of Harris County. But it was one of the most problematic places uh, in the ele- d- during the election, right? I mean, election integrity. And so while... Everyone kind of went about their way. They licked their wounds with all these other issues related to election integrity. Uh, A lot of people have been in that fight in Harris County trying to fight for integrity and really challenging some of what came out during the last election cycle, including that very contentious race for county judge. So during this legislative session, uh, legislation was passed that would eliminate the Harris County elections chief. Now, before you think, oh, isn't that a bad thing? No. The person who oversaw Harris County elections was an appointed position. And so there was a state law that was passed that would eliminate the appointed position and essentially make it an elected position. So, uh, you know, and and that's not an unusual arrangement uh, for most counties in Texas where you have these sort of elected positions. 
Uh, but Harris County thinks they're the exception to the rule, and they can get by with it. And essentially what they've done is they've created a cabal over there uh, where one hand washes the other. And so uh, the Texas Supreme Court let, a, let this state law that eliminated that position stand for now. Now, it's temporary, but at the end of the day, what we've got is at least a, a fairly clear signal that the the law, the legislature's focus on Harris County uh, and, and trying to get that fixed and, and get some transparency and hopefully get some prosecutions out of it, uh, at least that, that's going to stand for now. And, and it looks like there's going to be some, some motion that way. But look, we'll, we'll keep you apprised of that uh, as things develop. So... Uh, final thing, I, I want to touch on the, the Paxton impeachment really quickly. Um, for those of you keeping up with this, uh, I mean, this craziness related to the impeachment of Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, uh, a lot of the news that you see going around is really just kind of rehash and, and a lot of small kind of nuance as we get ready to move toward this inevitable trial date. However, uh, one thing that has been noticeably absent from a lot of the coverage, but some discussion on social media, uh, has been about uh, the whether or not the members of the Texas House General Investigating Committee broke the law by using witness testimony without placing those witnesses under oath. Now, according to the rules, my understanding is that the the General Investigating Committee in the House is the only committee that uh, it is mandatory they place witnesses under oath. So if they take witness testimony, they must be placed under oath. And uh, apparently they didn't do that. Instead, what they did was they sent out investigators to investigate who brought statements back. Then they placed those investigators under oath. Uh, and so uh, essentially they took the testimony from from the actual people by proxy. Uh, and so there's some uh, there's been a lot of discussion. I, I, oddly enough, look, whether no matter what side of the Paxton debate you fall on, the fact of the matter is it's important that we follow a process and follow rule of law. And so if indeed the General Investigating Committee in the Texas House broke the law, to accuse Ken Paxton of violating whatever they say he violated in his office, well, that becomes problematic, right? You, you can't do a bad thing to try to elicit what in their minds is a good thing. Uh, it doesn't work that way, and it won't stand up. So, I mean, just imagine for a moment, what, what could possibly happen here? Could you see the members of the General Investigating Committee in the Texas House charged and prosecuted for violating the law? Time will tell. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I, for one, am interested to watch this play out. This is historic. I mean, we've never seen anything like this. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how it, how it plays out. All right, uh, look, that's going to that's gonna do it for the news. I really want to get into this uh, interview, and, and Nate's been very patient. And so uh, let me just uh, introduce the executive director of the Texas Nationalist Movement, Nate Smith. Nate has been uh, our executive director for many years now. He's been an active uh, person, uh, individual in the TNM and the Texas movement. 
Uh, many of you guys have seen him. As a matter of fact, on my weekly live stream that I do, Late Night Coffee Talk, the intro song that we play right before uh, is recorded by him because he's uh, also a singer-songwriter. Uh, but today he's going to be joining us talking about the announcement that was made this week that TexitCon, the Texit Conference, Convention, whatever you want to call it, uh, is coming to Waco November 9th through the 12th. Uh, and it is uh, already shaping up to be the most awesome, largest gathering of Texas supporters uh, ever. And, and uh, I'm, I'm very excited about what TexitCon is going to be. Uh, I think uh, on the website it's uh, over 50 speakers, over 50 sessions, almost 60 vendors uh, and exhibitors. I mean, it's, this is going to be one for the ages. So without further ado, let me go ahead and introduce, uh, today's guest, uh, Nate Smith. Okay. Uh, Nate, let's just, let's just kick off. Uh, you know, we're going to be talking about Texacon, but let's talk a little bit more and introduce the, the listeners a bit to, uh, how you first became involved with the TNM and Texit, and then planning this conference? Yeah, so the TNM I've been around for between thirteen and fourteen years now. It's been a, a lot of fun and had a good ride. But the the real thing that kind of brought me in was kind of two two key things. It was both the economic policy and over regulation of the federal government was a real driving factor for me as I was excited about entrepreneurship and starting a business and you you get all excited and they're basically handed legal books worth of regulatory framework you got to navigate through just to launch this cool idea or product you have um and it seemed very burdensome and it seemed like at the end of the day not only could i launch a successful business but ultimately i could make a mistake of a rule or a law that i didn't even know about and lose it all and i didn't like the fact that that excessive risk factor was there so that was one driving factor on one side. And then the other thing for me really was about U.S. foreign policy. Um, I'd been looking at that for a, a long time, both their global economic policy and reaction to foreign, as well as the kinds of reactions that they were doing when they were choosing um, places where they were taking actions in the name of what they were saying was defense, but their stories never really added up. I mean, a key moment I remembered was when um, the... Uh, the day before 9-11, uh, Donald Rumsfeld gets on the television and says, uh, by the way, the military can't account for 42% of its budget. We have no idea where it went. Deal with it. You know? So those those actions all led me towards really questioning the value and the relationship with the federal government. And then, Daniel, when I met you for some personal and music, Texas music-related activities and culture, you brought it to my attention. You said, hey, would Texas just be better off as its own nation? And that was a real eye opener for me. Well, super. So you are, uh, you know, as, as we said in the intro, you were the executive director of the TNM. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, for people who have listened to this podcast previously, they understand that the TNM is about the political, cultural, and economic independence of Texas. How does that factor into Texacon? Has has the TNM done anything like this before? Uh, and how pivotal or how central will the mission of the TNM be to uh, this Texacon that's coming up in November? Yeah, so we have done some 
single day type conferences uh, with the Texacon name before we gather our supporters together. Um, some of those had a little more leadership training aspect to them. Uh, some of them kind of presented the broader mission, uh, but they were definitely much smaller in s scope and scale um, than what we're presenting this year with the, the first. Actually, we changed the name from Tex-Econ, which was short for Texas Independence Conference, to Texit-Con because it's, it's just a lot more recognizable name for people. And the, the brevity of it is, is also appreciated when it comes to marketing materials, right? Um, so this year... The, the advantages are really, we have a, a good focus on all three aspects of the mission come into play and how those tie in and sort of the broader sense to, to Texas, whether it's the sponsors and supporters or the speakers we're bringing in. You know, not all of them are 100% sold on whether we should, you know, they should support full-on Texas or not. But they have ways that they can engage with us that are relevant to not just the political aspect of our mission, but that cultural an economic aspect as well. So they're going to have a chance to talk and share really important information when it comes to all those uh, aspects of it. So it's very exciting this year. That's great. Well, look, that really dovetails pretty nicely uh, into the next topic, which is, uh, you know, the, the panels, the sessions, the tracks. Uh, give give people sort of a, a general overview of, of what to expect uh, from those panel sessions and tracks. Yeah, the tracks are actually divided among those three aspects of the mission. We've got political track, economic, cultural, as well as an activism-focused track. So if you're, whether you're new to the TNM, whether you're experienced and you're trying to figure out how to take your activism game to the next level, we're going to have some really detailed instructions on how to move forward with that. Um, as well as we're open to working a few kind of cultural sneak surprises. We've got a documentary that we're in the works of uh, getting lined out to be able to show there and maybe even more than one. Uh, we've got some Texas, you know, music and culture we're planning on bringing to the aspect of it. So as an overview, there's a lot of areas of interest that are applicable. Um, breaking that down just a little bit, like when we talk about the political side of things, I mean, y'all are y'all are pretty familiar with that. That's the legislature um, and, and how we move Texas independence from where we are today through a successful referendum and how we engage the political side in order to do that. The cultural side. Uh, gives us a number of different aspects of Texas. You know, TNM's mission has been vital um, in supporting key parts of our culture, whether it's been monument protection or whether it's been advocating for celebrating Texas culture and values. Uh, so we got some unique things kind of in that film and art side to bring into the cultural aspect of the mission. Then the economic ones that we're getting handed more and more and more about these days, right? So there's a lot of important questions about not only what do we do currently about the economy, <clears throat> But even some questions about what does what are the options for Texas's independent nation, and those themes all kind of tie in to the different panels and tracks that we're going to have. Is not only what is our current solution and process, but maybe a little previews, maybe a little bit of discussion about what some of our options are on the other side of independent referendum. Right. Yeah. And look, <clears throat> excuse me. And look, I'm, you know, I'm I'm extremely uh, excited about this event i mean extremely and and i'll tell you aside from uh the sessions the tracks all all, all of that um I, I am really personally excited about the fact that uh you know the the mainstream media the opposition says that texas supporters don't exist even though polling shows that we do the tnm is the single largest political advocacy organization outside of the two major political parties i mean you know things that we've covered ad nauseum 
but what really excites me about Texacon is is the fact that there are going to be opportunities. I mean, this is this is literally the largest gathering of of Texas supporters uh, that, that's ever been held. And so that means there's going to be plenty of opportunities uh, for networking and uh, for people to, to understand more about the movement. Look, in, in, from your perspective, uh, in, in looking at that, how can uh, attendees to Texacon make the most of this opportunity to, to learn more? There's going to be plenty of choices for them. Um, if you want to make the most, one of the things you want to do is kind of look ahead of time and see what which of these tracks, because these breakout sessions are going to be running at the same time. I mean, clear your days. I'd love to tell you to go check out Waco and the surrounding area, but if you're making the most of Texacon, you will not have time to do that because we've got a full program available to you. Um, so plugging into these breakout sessions and, and catching those, those topics that are most important to you we're working on ways to bring some after the fact. So if you miss a session, hopefully there's a way that you won't uh, you'll have a chance to kind of review it after the conference. All that's still in the work, so you did not hear an announcement from me on that. Um, but uh, you know, aside from that, as you mentioned, we have the networking. This is a chance to plug in and get excited. So I mean, talk to the people that are around you when you're on breaks between sessions. When you're going through the exhibit hall, we're going to have this you know incredible opportunity to meet. Texas-focused businesses that want to engage you in, in different opportunities and activities they want to help you, whether it's the nonprofits that are plugged in. That networking aspect and, and finding out what they have to offer and what they can do, as well as the people just standing around you and where they're from in Texas and why they got involved, it'll help create not just from the educational aspect that you've gotten from the actual topics we're covering, but it helps build that energy and that fire that'll carry you through the important parts of our mission that we've got right after Texacon through 2024 and on into the next legislative session. Well, and, and you just mentioned this, uh, Texacon is, is currently looking for additional sponsors and exhibitors, right? Absolutely. Okay. We've got a lot of so, folks that are interested in that. And uh, if they want, if you're interested in sponsoring, you can go to the website. We have a form to fill out, whether you're a sponsor, exhibitor, or both. Um, we've got a packet that's in the works. You'll get a, a follow-up email right away. We've got a team of account executives. We'll be happy to reach out to you and, and craft a, a package that makes sense for you so that, that you as your business or your organization can make get the absolute most out of Texacon. Um, so it's a unique opportunity, but like I said, we've got a full exhibit hall with you know 10 by 10 and a larger booth space. We've got some information tables that are focused on our nonprofit organizations. Um, and we've got some really unique ways that it'll be fun for both the attendees and the exhibitors to create engagement between the two. Um, that's always, you know, attendees love to find out more about what you're offering and, and get rewarded a little bit for finding out. And we know that as exhibitors and sponsors, you're always looking for ways to make those kind of deeper contacts and connections with them. So we've got some stuff in the works around that. Um, that'll make that process a lot of fun. Right. So let, let's get down. Cause I know, I know we're running out of time here. Uh, Nate, in uh, you know, is is in your own words, why do Texans need Texacon right now? The reason that you need this is uh, to me the the biggest reason is if you're looking to get more pumped up in the world that we're in, we have a lack of hope. You turn on news, you turn on Twitter slash X or Facebook or your favorite social media. 
and you're bombarded with negative information, you're bombarded with things that the federal government or any level of government is doing to take away your rights that are causing harm to you and the people that you care about and everyone around us. Texacon is the opposite of that. It's an opportunity for hope. You get to go there and you get to plug in with like-minded people and we have a solution that we're going to be talking about. All different aspects of the solution, what it takes to get the ball across the finish line in terms of a successful independence referendum to what kind of aspects happen after that referendum. This is... This is the opportunity to build excitement. It's an event you can go to that's not a down, down, down about how everything that's wrong, but an opportunity how we have one clear decision and opportunity as Texans to change the course of human history, change the course of Texas history, and create a government that much is much more responsible to the needs of its people. So, I, like I said, I mean, one thing that I would go for is, you know, basically hope and inspiration yeah i, I love it too. and well that, that's okay because you know i i would i would say that it, it is both fo it's focused on both solutions which are hopeful and action which is something that is uh sadly lacking uh from a, a lot of the discourse out there right now right nothing nothing's actionable it's all just bad news so i'm with you on that about hope and, and inspiration so well, look, Nate, uh, I, I'm excited. Uh, I'm super excited to be a part of this. I actually bought the first ticket, by the way. Um, no, no, that, that's, that's, uh, that's not a brag. That's just I bought the first ticket. So, uh, But I'm, I'm, excited to, uh, I'm excited to go. I'm excited to be a part of it. Uh, where can people go right now to go get tickets, get more information, uh, tell them where they can head to? Yeah, it's texidconference.com, T-E-X-I-T conference.com okay and super whether you want tickets or you want to find out about sponsorships and exhibitors that's the side to go to okay love it well nate i appreciate you uh being on here to discuss this today and uh looking forward to more updates as we announce more speakers i'm sure we'll get some of the speakers on here as a, as a preview uh but uh really do appreciate it and uh let's go win All right, everyone, uh, that was Nate Smith, Executive Director of the Texas Nationalist Movement, and that's everything you need to know about TexitCon. Well, not everything, uh, but if you do need to find more, as Nate said, head over to TexitConference.com, uh, get registered, find out more about the sessions and speakers. If you have a business uh, or an organization, uh, be sure to check out the sponsor and exhibitor opportunities, and look, uh, we're still announcing speakers and sessions. So what you see on there right now is not the full thing. We, we're going to drag it out. We're, we're, we're going to tease right on up. So uh, my understanding is that uh, up until I think it's September 10th or 11th, uh, so I guess probably not quite the next two weeks, uh, early bird prices are happening for Texacon tickets. So uh, be sure you get over there and get those done. All right, uh, a few uh, updates on the TNM front before we wrap this bad boy up. Wow, what an interesting last week it was. Uh, there are pictures circulating around social media of uh, yours truly uh, having a, a visit with Chip Roy. I can confirm that is not Photoshopped. Uh, Chip Roy, while he is not explicitly pro-Texit, he continues to make the case, and 
Uh, yet again, like pretty much every one of these guys we run into, they thank us for what we're doing, or more importantly, thank you for what you're doing. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, you, there's some other pictures circulating around social media of uh, some of our leadership, uh, the the Pratts, in fact, the husband and wife team, uh, having a sit down with Morgan Luttrell, who's also a congressman. Uh, you're going to see more and more of this uh, as as we move into the campaign cycle. We have candidates that are signing the Texas First Pledge uh, by the TNM Political Action Committee. Uh, you can find those folks over at TakeTexasBack.com. And just keep a running list. Obviously, we don't play in congressional elections. We don't do anything federal when it comes to elections. But, uh, you know, for anything from the state house to the schoolhouse, go check out TakeTexasBack.com. Quick reminder, uh, the Texas petition campaign is still happening uh, and it's not too late. Go sign that petition or head over to the events page on the TNM website and find a, uh, a petition signing event, right? So you can go to texitpetition.com and get all the details that you need to get your name on the line, which is dotted, and essentially force the Texit question on the ballot uh, during the March 2024 primary. So make that happen. All right, uh, just a, a final reminder. Remember, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, please. So far, uh, our rankings are, are holding pretty steady, but we want to climb that mountain. Let's get that number higher. Let's reach the top. Well, that's a wrap on Texas News for this week. We do, uh, as always, appreciate you tuning in and listening. Be sure to share this podcast with as many people as you possibly can. Let's get more ears on the, the, the topics that we talk about. Article 1, Section 2 of the Texas Constitution says that all political power is inherent in the people. So let's take our message to the people. 